Step into any kopitiam on a Saturday morning and you'll find a buzz in the air fueled by the rich smell of eggs, toast, and coffee. What is the flavor of home? What is the flavor of Singapore? Singapore has plenty of national dishes. Hainanese chicken rice, laksa, chili crab, roti prata, rojak. A former student now living in Japan craves char kway tiao from a stall in the Alexandra Village Food Center. I recently ate there and sent him a photo. He begged me to keep the place in business until he returns. I think he misses that char kway tiao more than he misses me. Singapore has many national dishes, but if there's a national breakfast, it's eggs, toast, and coffee. Three simple elements that constitute the flavor of home for many Singaporeans, both here and overseas. I'm Chris McMorrin, a professor at the National University of Singapore, and you're listening to Home on the Dot, the podcast about the power and meanings of home in today's world, all through the stories and lives of my students. Every year when I get students to talk about home, the conversation inevitably turns to food. From grandma's homemade soup, to cakes baked by a favorite aunt, or noodles from their neighborhood hawker center, they connect food with the daily routines, cherished memories, and important relationships that build a sense of belonging and the feeling of home. But when they're away from Singapore for too long, the thought of a particular dish can instantly transport them home or make them long for Singapore. A few years ago, a student who had spent some time studying in China said that the thing he missed the most, the thing that reminded him most of this little red dot called Singapore, was a shop called Yakun. Like many of the topics for this podcast, I didn't get the connection to home right away. Really? I thought. What is so special about Yakun? Isn't it just another chain of coffee shops that serve eggs, toast, and coffee? The most basic breakfast? I thought a millennial wouldn't go for its over-the-top nostalgic vibe, trying to recreate a 1940s coffee shop. But when he was overseas, he craved that simple breakfast, and he was thrilled to find a Yakun branch in Shanghai. As he stepped into the shop and smelled those three familiar elements, he was temporarily home. This week on Home on the Dot, Yakun, globalization, and the flavor of home. Stay tuned. For some, the flavor of home is eggs, toast, and coffee. Three simple ingredients that mean the world to Singaporeans. That's Ruby, a recent graduate with a degree in geography, describing my ideal Saturday brunch. You begin with two soft-boiled eggs, cooked to perfection. Any longer, it will be overcooked. Any less, it will still be raw. Honestly, I find the eggs too runny. They're not raw, but they're not as done as the eggs on an Eggs Benedict, which is a consistency I prefer. I always ask the staff at Yakun to let mine sit an extra 30 seconds in hot water. Little plastic containers of pepper and dark soy sauce are available to season the eggs according to your taste. I might be breaking some rule here, but I don't use these at all. The eggs are already perfect. Next, there is the toast. Two slices of perfectly toasted bread sandwiched around a rectangular slab of butter and kaya jam. Oh my gosh, kaya! 
made of coconut, eggs, sugar, and pandan leaf. It's the smoothest, richest, custardy spread you can imagine. How did I live so long without you? It's like a 40-year-old tasting peanut butter for the first time and awakening taste buds they didn't even know they had. Lastly, a hot beverage. Local Nanyang style coffee, or tea, or Milo. I am a kopi siodai person myself. Strong hot coffee with no condensed milk and less sugar. My wife always gets te, less sweet. Tea with evaporated milk and less sugar. But this is the beauty of this combination. Three simple elements that can be infinitely altered to suit everyone's taste. Eggs, toast, coffee. Three simple ingredients. This is the breakfast found in every kopitiam in Singapore. And for many people, this is the taste of home. The word kopitiam captures some of Singapore's cultural and linguistic diversity. It is made out of words from two different languages. Kopi is a Malay word for coffee. Diam is the word for shop in Hokkien, a Chinese dialect still spoken widely in Singapore and parts of Asia. So kopitiam literally means coffee shop. But it is not like a coffee shop in the West that just sells coffee, tea, muffins and pastries. A kopitiam is the generic name we give to a set of stores clustered on the ground floor of a HDB building. In the first episode of Season 2, Hooray for the Void, we talked about the ground floor of public housing blocks that is often open space, called void decks. But some also have food stores that sell noodles, rice dishes, Indian cuisine, Malay food, and more. Importantly, there is always a drinks store at the Kopitiam that sells coffee and other beverages. And in the mornings, it sells a toast set, or a traditional toast set, or the set A, or whatever it might be called. Eggs, toast, and coffee. Let me paint you a picture of a Kopitiam. It is 7am on a Saturday. Amidst the bustling breakfast crowd, a father in a singlet and slippers sits with his four-year-old daughter. She sits carefully on stacked chairs, barely reaching the table. In front of them is a set of eggs and toast. The father cracks open the eggs into a shallow dish, revealing their wobbly, translucent whites. Then, he encourages his daughter to season it with some pepper and soy sauce. She does it gingerly, unsure when her father will say, Stop. Next, they take a bite of the toast, savouring the taste of cold butter and fragrant kaya. For the next piece, they dip it into the runny egg. In between bites of toast, the father sips on his coffee and helps the child with her Milo, a hot chocolatey drink, in a ceramic cup too heavy for her small hands. This was me when I was four. This is my first clear memory of enjoying this breakfast. Now that he is gone, this is a treasured memory of my time with him. Over the years, this simple breakfast has been standardized by several companies, including Toastbox and Yakun. Yakun was founded in 1944 by Hainanese immigrant Loi Akun, 
who began as an assistant in a coffee stall like those still found scattered among HDB blocks and food centers. Soon, he started his own stall with fellow Chinese immigrants in Telak Ayer. He later moved his shop to Lao Pasat and then Far East Square, before finally franchising for the first time in 2000. Today, the company is still managed by his family, but it has expanded to 55 locations throughout Singapore and dozens more beyond the island's shores. It's a visible example of globalization by a Singaporean company. It is here that Yakun has the potential to not only reach new markets, but also remind Singaporeans of home through that magical combination of eggs, toast, and coffee. As a chain, Yakun standardizes more than the food. It also standardizes the design of every outlet. Every shop is decorated with the same white marble tables and dark wooden stools. The floor is lined with wooden planks. Plus, every hot drink comes in the same thick ceramic mug, just as it used to. No matter where you go, every Yakun looks the same. And it's often a stark contrast with its surroundings. Many Yakun branches around Singapore are in shopping malls, with their shiny, polished floors and walls of glass for window shopping. The contrast is extreme and intentional. I think it uh, reminds people of home in uh, two ways. To understand how Yakun links to home and how it can make a grown man cry in Shanghai, I spoke with Professor Ong Chin Yi, a cultural geographer at NUS who recently moved to Sun Yat-sen University in China. I took a module with him and learned a lot about the relationships between culture and space. He is an expert on cultural heritage who grew up in Singapore and lived most of his life here. He also spent his fair share of mornings at Yakun. One, the actual food itself as a signifier for the culture. So you relate the kaya toast and the half-boiled egg with you know, home itself and experiences of home. For those who grew up in Singapore or lived here for many years, the iconic soft-boiled eggs, kaya toast and kopi or put tea are a clear example of Singapore's rich food culture. The other one uh, would be the setting itself. So the setting um, is even uh, in the shopping mall uh, context for Yakun, uh, created in a nostalgic uh, way right, in which uh, old furniture or new furniture that make to look uh, old uh, were actually used. In other words, the company goes out of its way to use old-fashioned furniture and dishes to remind people of Singapore's history and culture. And, uh, and I think it does um, remind um, people and connect to people of uh, various generations, um, whether it is um, an older generation who have actually experienced the uh, older coffee shop setting uh, in which, um, you know, in the case of Yakun, right, the founder of the chain uh, used to operate by the roadside uh, used to operate in uh, non-air-conditioned um, shop houses, very basic um, shop uh, setting, right? Um, to a younger generation who perhaps have experienced uh, Yakun as a kind of a um, shopping mall kind of uh, eatery, right? Uh, for both of these groups, I think uh, it does remind uh, Singaporeans of home. Yakun uses design to inspire nostalgia for 1940s and 50s coffee shops among older customers. For younger folks like my students, the food alone reminds them of the simple breakfast eaten around the country every day. One of my students even pointed out that these days, 
With a boom in hipster cafes around Singapore, Yakun is one of the few places that her parents feel comfortable getting a coffee. Plus, her family all has different food tastes, but they can still share breakfast at Yakun. But what happens to this routine when one is away from home? Beyond Singapore's shores, one can still spot Yakun's maroon storefront in one of 100 outlets in nine countries across Asia, and the company aims to continue expanding. For Singaporeans living abroad, this unique blend of runny eggs, toast with kaya jam and butter, and strong coffee tastes like home. It reminds them of spending time with family and sharing breakfast at the Kopitiam in their neighborhoods or even at the mall. It's not the only flavor of home. In recent years, restaurants have opened in places like Tokyo and New York, selling another Singapore favorite, chicken rice. But the Kopitiam breakfast is definitely the flavor of home for many. The spread of Yakun outside Singapore is evidence of the globalization of food and food ways. But according to Prof Ong, changes to food are inevitable, regardless of globalization. Food cultures will change whether or not um, globalization is happening. So, so, so say for instance, uh, even if um, globalization is not uh, really happening uh, within uh, cultures, um, the egg and toast uh, will change, right? The, the type of kaya used will change, um, whether or not people like uh, more kaya or less kaya, uh, health, um, trends, right, uh, will change. Um, new uh, types of uh, toast probably will be created. Um, but of course, um, with globalization, um, you throw a whole different dimension to things. So um, I think the kinds of food that uh, my generation of Singaporeans uh, relate to uh, and uh, what uh, the uh, teenagers uh, in Singapore uh, relate to today are, are very different. So, um, what we need to be careful is uh, to always remember that uh, food cultures, like all culture, uh, is dynamic uh, and is alive. Right? And uh, we should not uh, seek to uh, mummify it. So say, for instance, uh, if we do one, to conserve some form of coffee shop uh, kopitiam culture, uh, what we can do is to try to uh, document uh, the original recipes right, uh, using videos and uh, other and also textual sources, um, oral history interviews with the people involved right, to really capture uh, what they did. Uh, but we should not suppress uh, other forms of um, Kopitiam cultures or coffee cultures or cafe cultures from emerging. And uh, yeah, that would be my take on this. This makes me wonder, are eggs, toast and coffee the only reminder of home? Personally, no. Yakun has successfully recreated the Singaporean eggs, toast and coffee experience by ensuring that both food and atmosphere are the same in every store around the world. But standardization also means the flavor of home might be limited to a few dishes. And like Prof Ong says, this could lead to the mummification of Singaporean food. Singapore's diverse food culture may potentially be misrepresented as one that only consists of eggs, toast and coffee. When in reality, there are so many other breakfast options like char kway teow, laksa, nasi lemak and more. I spent part of my childhood at my parents' vegetarian food store. 
located in a kopitiam nestled between blocks of HDB flats, a wet market and some other shops. In Singapore and the wider Southeast Asia region, Buddhists are vegetarians on the 1st and 15th day of the lunar calendar. On days like this and on weekends, my parents' store will be busy. They serve vegetarian versions of local delights such as mirabus, a Malay dish made of noodles, and bihun, rice vermicelli with cabbage, gluten, and fried bean curd cheese. My brother and I will help my parents, along with my grandparents and one other employee. It could get really crowded in the store during times like this. Seven people squeezed into a store that constantly churned out hot dishes in the tropical heat. We ate our breakfast and lunch at the table right outside the store. Such meals are often a hurried affair on busy days. We try to eat when there are fewer customers, but sometimes the crowd can be unpredictable and we would have to quickly finish our meals and head back into the store. I don't have a food item that I particularly associate with home. What reminds me of home the most is the experience of eating food from my parents' store. And this, to me, is the flavour of home. Yakun is a Singapore original. But the connection between home and food is universal. Wherever we humans go, we bring along the flavours of home. Sometimes we reinforce connections between a particular food and a specific place called home, potentially mummifying that cuisine. Other times, we inspire a fusion of flavors that creates something new. This is the dual nature of globalization. And in other cases, we arrive in new places, find new foods, and make them our own. And along the way, they help us create a sense of belonging in that new home. A common breakfast food in the U.S. is a donut. But I would never say a donut reminds me of home, the same way the eggs, toast, and coffee at Yakundu for Singaporeans. So I was surprised last year when an exchange student from the U.S. suggested just that. When given the opportunity to write about any object that symbolized home for her, Jennifer chose donuts. The reason was simple. She grew up in a donut shop. Her parents were refugees from Cambodia who settled in Southern California. With little education, no English, and little money, their work options were limited. As historian Aaron Curtis has noted, donut shops offered a solution for many of these Chinese-Cambodian refugees in the area. They required little startup cost and could be run by a single family for a small profit. Jennifer's was one of those families, and she practically grew up in the shop, listening to the mixer spinning, placing donuts in the display case, and eventually operating the cash register. Her parents worked long days and always put the donuts first working weekends and weekdays, and taking off only two days a year. As she got older, Jennifer sometimes resented the donuts, as they prevented her from enjoying the same home life experienced by her friends. She often had to come straight home from school to work in the shop, and she spent many weekends selling donuts instead of having fun like her friends. Only later did she realize the sacrifices her parents had made and the debt she owes to the donut. Those donuts anchored her family into the community and gave them a place in their new home. This episode was written and produced by Ruby Ang. Our sound engineers were Johan Tan and David Chu. Special thanks go to Dr. Ong Chin Yi for sharing his insights on cultural heritage and globalization. To find out more about the Home on the Dot project, 
please visit our blog, where we also have transcripts of all our episodes, photos of Yakun, and links to news and academic articles on every topic. It's at tinyurl.com slash home on the dot. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for Home on the Dot. Thank you for listening. <laughs>